Welcome to This Week in Astrology. This is episode number 369 for the week of June 23rd, 2014. This Week in Astrology is the free podcast that deepens your astrological wisdom. We always start with the coming week's astrological forecast and regularly feature listener emails, recorded listener consultations, and interviews with other astrologers. Make This Week in Astrology a regular part of your astrological education. Thanks so much for listening. I'm your host, Benjamin Bernstein, broadcasting from the virtual location of thisweekinastrology.com and the physical location of Asheville, North Carolina. This week we have a short show with a special feature. We're going to start, as always, with the forecast for the next seven days, sneak preview for the following week, a few quick announcements, and then we'll get into the summer solstice chart. Uh, that'll be a preview of the energy of the next three months based on the chart for the moment of the summer solstice, both for individuals, which is mostly what we'll talk about in a little bit for the United States. So hang out for that and learn a little bit about how we do seasonal charts and get some great information too. But first, let's dive into this week's forecast. Let's start with what's new. We've got opportunities to more fully open to your intuitive guidance this week. In fact, they're abounding through aspects hard and soft. One is the new moon in Cancer with its tight trine to Neptune. Another is a volatile Mars-Uranus opposition, while otherworldly Neptune squares Venus and trines the Sun. The stage is set for an inspired week. And before we dive into our individual days, let's overview what's still old and important. We've got a waning moon. Mercury continues its retrograde through July 1st. We also have retrogrades going for Saturn, Pluto, Neptune, and Chiron. In terms of aspect patterns, we have the Grand Trine, that healing energy of Jupiter, Chiron, and Saturn in combo through June 24th. We've got that Vesta, Uranus, Pluto, T-square revolutionary energy around your sacred service active still through June 25th. And that Mars-Uranus-Pluto T-square we talked about so much last week with its revolutionary transformation energy is still with us through July 3rd. So now, let's break it down and look at how we can use these wonderful astrological energies day by day. On Monday, June 23rd, we have Venus Quintal Chiron. Venus, 29 degrees, 45 minutes Taurus, and Chiron is at 17 degrees, 45 minutes Pisces. Inspiration is available for relationship healing and fine-tuning your creative projects under this aspect. Also today, here on Monday, we have Venus entering the sign of Gemini. She's going to be there through July 18th, and this means that harmonious communication in relationships and creative writing are supported. We also this day have a void of course moon beginning at 9.49 p.m. and going past midnight. So we'll learn more about that void and its resolution as we move along to... Tuesday, June 24th, and our first event is the resolution of that void as the moon enters Gemini at 7.06 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. The moon in Gemini gives us about two and a half days of the energy of intellect, learning, sharing information, and maybe some playfulness and mischievousness as well. We also today have a moon-Venus conjunction around 9.30 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, a few hours either side, especially nice energy for relating and creating. And then there's a Moon-Juno conjunction around 3.15 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And this puts the energy of domestic tranquility 
and the three phases of the goddess, which Juno represents, the maiden and the wife and the crone. Uh, that energy is also with us there as the moon and Juno come together. On Wednesday, June 25th, we have a Mars-Uranus opposition, one of our headline events of the week. Mars is at 16 Libra, Uranus is at 16 Aries. This opposition can be a powder keg, so proceed with caution. Avoid volatile people and situations as much as possible, and be on your best behavior as you relate with others. This aspect also supports taking immediate action on your intuitive flashes and can also give you an unorthodox approach to sexuality. Many possibilities here. The Mars-Uranus opposition is part of the Mars-Uranus-Pluto T-square that peaked last week on June 19th. On Thursday, June 26, we have a number of lunar events. A moon-Mercury conjunction around 8 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time stimulates the intellect and learning and communicating. Then we have another void moon kicking in at 7.57 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. In fact, uh, that moon-Mercury conjunction is the event that stimulates the void of course moon. And uh, for some reason, solar fire shows events like this one minute apart, so who knows why. In any event, a void of course moon kicks in, we'll say, at 7.57 a.m., and that's going to move along until 5.06 p.m. when the moon enters Cancer, its home sign. And this sets up two and a half days of nurturing and healing and stability and security focus. So you can use the moon in Cancer for that. And finally today, we have Pluto trine Pallas Athena. Pluto, 12 Capricorn, and Pallas Athena, 12 Virgo, taking action with a firm but feminine hand is supported under this aspect. On Friday, June 27th, we have a new moon. It's in Cancer, and it's on June 27th, and it's exactly at 4.08 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time, actually 4.08 and 27 seconds. And the two planets are both at 5 degrees 37 minutes Cancer. That's both the sun and the moon, of course. This new moon supports new beginnings in the areas of family, security, and nurturing. This lunation soul aspect, a tight Neptune trine, can make it easy to stay open to divine consciousness and inspired creativity. This new moon Sabian symbol is, in spring, game birds are feathering their nests. And this alludes to both death, that would be game birds because they're going to be shot, and prosperity. Feather your nest obviously has that uh, meaning. So, this Sabian symbol reminds us to live this incarnation to the fullest because our physical bodies will not last forever. On Saturday, June 28th, moving into the weekend, we have two lunar events. There's a Moon-Jupiter conjunction around 9 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. And what great timing that is. Jupiter loves celebration and expansion and joy and euphoria. Lovely things to do on a Saturday night. So uh, the Moon and Jupiter are... Uh, putting it together for you to have a great time. And then there's a void moon that's actually triggered by that very same event. Moon-Jupiter conjunction is the last Ptolemaic aspect before void. And that void, we'll say, is kicking off at 9.03 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. What about Sunday, June 29th? We open with a Sun-Neptune trine. The Sun is at 7 degrees Cancer. Neptune's around 7 Pisces. Nurturing others with divine love is smoothly supported under this trine. And in fact, here's an invocation you can use to do that. Here it is. Spirit that I am, please flow the energy through me to serve name of persons highest good. 
After saying this, relax and rest in passive breath awareness, no visualizing, and let your divine aspect use your body as a conduit for the energy. Bonus, after doing this, most people feel much better themselves because you always get as good as you give. You can learn more about this and other invocations at astroshaman.com. On the homepage sidebar, top of the sidebar, there's a little purple banner, and it says Heal and Awaken Invocations. Click that, and it will take you to the section of my site that has free information and free MP3s leading you through this process if you would like to check it out. Also on Sunday, the moon enters Leo, ending the void that started Saturday evening. And this Moon Leo entry is happening at 4.43 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time. This sets up an energy of leadership and performing. Leo is the performer in the spotlight, perhaps uh, hanging out with kids or letting your inner child out to play or taking appropriate risk or just chilling out. All these things are good under the Moon in Leo. And we also today have a quincunx between Mars and Chiron. Mars, 18 Libra, Chiron, 18 Pisces. Some people will experience psychological wounding under this aspect, but if you make the right adjustment, this aspect is great for mentoring and healing, especially in your key relationships. And then our final aspect of the week here on Sunday is Venus square Neptune, Venus 7 Gemini, Neptune 7 Pisces. Possible challenges under this aspect can be confusion or aimlessness in relationships, creativity, and finances. But you can also choose to focus on upside possibilities, such as energized divine union practices and amplified creativity. With Venus in Gemini, creative writing and thinking get a special boost. And that's all for this week. Looking ahead to the week of June 30th, our headlines include Mercury turning direct, three Venus aspects. She's going to quincunx Pluto and Saturn and sextile Uranus. We'll have a Sun-Pluto opposition, and Uranus will quincunx Pallas Athena. And as usual, I will be here giving you the best use of these astrological events. You can hear my weekly forecast every week on This Week in Astrology. But would you also like to get a free, concise version in writing? How about having it pop into your inbox every week? How about occasional bonus articles on astrology, healing, spiritual awakening, and more? That's what you'll get with Astro Shaman's free weekly email newsletter. To subscribe, go to astroshaman.com. You'll see the newsletter sign-up form near the top of the sidebar. And if you like to calculate your own astrology charts, why not use the world's leading Windows astrology software and get it for the lowest price available? Astroshaman is an authorized dealer for Solar Fire Gold, which can also run on your Mac. To learn more or place your order, visit astroshaman.com. From there, click on Products in the menu bar and choose Solar Fire Software from the drop-down menu a free weekly forecast newsletter, and the best available price on Solar Fire Gold. Two great reasons to visit astroshaman.com right now. I have a few announcements for you. I'll get through them as briefly as I can. Information on everything that follows is on the homepage of astroshaman.com. On July 9th, I will be leading a shamanic awakening ceremony at the Namaste Center in Hendersonville, North Carolina. Again, that's July 9th, 7 to 9 p.m. You're welcome to show up on a love offering basis for that. I'm going to be a featured practitioner at the Visions Psychic and Spiritual Fair. That's Saturday, July 12th in downtown Asheville at the Masonic Temple. Free admission to that. You only pay for the people you choose to work with. August 1st through 4th, I'm going to be uh, one of the presenters at the Lovolution 
that's spelled L-O-V-E, and then the word evolution, but it's pronounced Levolution, gathering. Uh, Kimberly and I will be co-leading a shamanic awakening process, and we'll be there for that entire amazing weekend. We're very excited about that event. Um, moving ahead as a sort of a sneak peek into August, I'm doing back-to-back days with the Soul Journeys organization on Saturday, August 16th. I'm one of three presenters in their astrology event. And I'm also on August 17, one of three presenters in their healing event. I'll be doing a shamanic astrology process for two hours on Saturday, August 16th. We're going to invoke planets and feel them come into us and make shifts as we direct. And on the 17th, we'll be doing shamanic awakening with me and Kimberly to accelerate your healing and awakening. So if any of that sounds cool, again, check out astroshaman.com and look in the What's New section on the homepage. As always, I'm putting up weekly YouTube video forecasts with just the forecast segment that's in this podcast. I re-record it for the video. Uh, my Shamanic Invocation Heal and Awaken meetup is as usual this Tuesday. By the way, if you're attending uh, either in person or virtually and you have an opinion about changing the startup time, uh, we have been meeting at 7.30 to 9, but we're thinking about starting at 7 and going till 9 because it feels a little rushed right now. There's not enough time, in my opinion, for processing, Q&A, sharing feedback, integration afterwards. So if you have a feeling one way or the other about whether you'd prefer it to keep starting at 7.30 or shift to start at 7.00, on Tuesday nights, U.S. Eastern Time, then email me, info at astroshaman.com. Last week, I announced the winner of my free consultation drawing, the Carrie Ann, born on October 17, 1974, but have not heard from you, Carrie Ann. So if you want to claim your prize, this is your last reminder. Email me at info at astroshaman.com. If you don't claim it, then I'll choose an alternate winner on next week's show. And that's all of our announcements. As this week's special feature, I'm going to interpret the summer solstice chart for the next three months. You can see the chart I'm looking at on my blog for the podcast at thisweekinastrology.blogspot.com. Of course, you'll be looking for episode 369 for the week of June 23rd, 2014. And you'll see the uh, image linked from the index in the uh, blog. It'll be the, say, the summer solstice chart, and then that'll be underlined, and click that, and the link will take you to the visual of the chart. Or you can run your own chart with the uh, date and time I'm about to give. The way this works, if you don't already know, is that each time the seasons change, there is a chart drawn, usually for the capital of the country where you are. And we look at the uh, chart of that moment when the sun moves into a cardinal sign, in this case Cancer, to get a sense of the kind of energies we're looking at for the next three months. So this is a solstice chart for June 21, 2014. I'm recording it on the very day of the solstice. It happened this morning at 6.51 a.m. and 13 seconds, if you want to be really precise. And since I'm a U.S. citizen, I ran it for Washington, D.C. I will make distinction. I know many of my listeners live in other countries. Uh, and by the way, I uh, have recently started hosting my episodes on a new hosting site called Libsyn.com. None of you all need to really know that, but... One of the features is it actually tells me how many downloads the show is getting each week in a real easy and convenient way. I'd never really been that aware of that and was delighted. Uh, last week's show, as I checked a couple of days ago, had nearly 5,000 downloads. I had been under the impression I was getting maybe 1,000 downloads a week, but it's five times that much. So, wow. Now, I know that to be the number one astrology podcast on iTunes, you got to be getting around 5,000 downloads a week. So I'm very grateful to all of you who download the show and even more grateful to those of you who actually listen to it. <laughs> so that is a cul-de-sac, but it was a little bit of excitement for me to realize I had that much listenership. 
Uh, at any event, back to the summer solstice chart. So this relates not just to the country, but to all of us. This is the energy all of us are under, individuals or countries or any other beingnesses that are affected because they live on planet Earth. So, um, of course, the sun is always going to be at zero degrees cancer in a summer solstice chart. And since it's the planet where you're drawing a lot of juice, you want to look where it's hanging out. So in the U.S. chart, uh, for the United States, Washington, D.C. chart, it is in the 12th house conjunct Mercury. So a Sun-Mercury conjunction, and Mercury, by the way, is in its home sign of Gemini, which is a very powerful placement. So the next three months could be really awesome for communication and learning in general. Mercury is also retrograde right now. So uh, a retrograde Mercury is even better at learning and absorbing information than it is at talking about it. So the next three months, if you've got something you want to study or learn about, awesome timing with that tight Sun-Mercury conjunction barely over two degrees apart. Mercury is at 27 degrees, 43 minutes Gemini. And what would you want to learn about? Well, the 12th house placement, if you're a U.S. citizen, suggests that any 12th house matters, such as spirituality, divine union practices, creative expression, uh, how to flow love and light to other people. Those are some very juicy things you could do in terms of you know, that 12th house placement. You could also learn about institutions or um, hidden things or animals larger than a goat. There's all sorts of other 12th house meanings you could dive into. But I think spirituality and creativity are a, a nice place to start if you're so inclined. Of course, you can learn about anything at all, but the house placement tends to give a sense of where this learning might be directed. So that's the sun itself, and that, uh, that Mercury conjunction is the strongest of the connections it makes. But there is another one that caught my eye, too, a couple, actually. Uh, one is a quintile to Uranus. And uh, in this summer solstice chart, Uranus aspects four out of five of the personal planets in the chart. Uh, just to run the list, it quintiles both the Sun and Mercury. Quintile is a little 72-degree aspect of magical connection. It, um, Uranus also conjuncts the Moon, and it opposes Mars quite tightly. So um, four to five personals means Uranus is a major player in this chart. And the best way I know to use Uranus is I usually have a three-level prescription. Start Step one, be the unique person you're here to be. Step two, follow your intuitive flashes. And three, do humanitarian work as intuitively directed. So when you're doing those three things, then Uranus is working on the high side and it gives you lots of wonderful juice. Uh, elect electrical energy to get what you need done, lots of intuitive flashes. If you don't do that sort of thing, as Uranus directs, then you can have nervousness and irritability and agitation and insanity and all of the more challenging Uranian manifestations. So working on the high side, it won't have as much energy left over to trouble you on the low side. That's my basic idea with any planet, actually. Now, but it's not just a Uranus quintile to our natal sun in the summer solstice chart. We've also got a trine to Neptune. Now, it's a loose trine, seven and a half degrees, but it is there. And it's the uh, it's one of the other significant aspects, in my opinion. And this mirrors the sun's 12th house placement. In the astrology alphabet concept, we say there's a planet, a sign, and a house that all mean the same thing. And the 12th house, where the sun is residing for the U.S. version of the summer solstice chart, and the trine to Neptune, Neptune and the 12th house are synonyms. For bonus points, Neptune's even in Pisces, the third member of that letter, the 12th letter of the astrology alphabet. So once again, easy automatic connection, the trine to spirituality, divine union practices, inspired creative expression. All that is juiced up by this summer solstice chart for the next three months.
So those are the main sun aspects that catch my attention. In the uh, chart overall, we have Cancer rising, and the rising sign is the as- the ascendant, the mask, the persona you show to the world. So coming out to the world in a uh, energy of nurturing and healing, like a mother would to her child, is a lovely way to use that energy. Um, in terms of other significant connections in the chart, there's a couple of aspect patterns that definitely got my attention. There is a grand cross. Uh, if uh, we take the ascendant, go down to Mars at the bottom in the fourth house, then the descendant, seventh house cusp, and Pluto are the third corner, and the fourth corner is that moon-Uranus conjunction I mentioned a moment ago. So here we have a grand cross involving at its core the Uranus-Pluto square. That lets us know revolutionary transformation is up in the air. And we have a double helping of the first letter of the astrology alphabet. The moon at the top is in Aries. Well, triple helping, shall we? Moon and Uranus at the top are both in Aries. And then Mars uh, is at the bottom. Aries and Mars are the first letter of the astrology alphabet. So this gives us a lot of energy around initiation, drive, leadership, uh, possibly sexuality. So all that is juicy and in the air in terms of new energies you could be bringing in in the summertime here. And um, I guess I have to reiterate something I said in last week's forecast because the the this Grand Cross part of it is that T-square I talked about last week with Uranus and Pluto and Mars. And this is very volatile. It's very intense. Um, if you're not careful, it could lead to sudden breakdowns in things that maybe you were hoping would hold together. But actually, in my experience, that never happens because if something breaks down in your life, it's for higher purpose. And there is some lesson or evolution available to you once you get to the other side of that breakdown. So remember that if you're having that particular experience. But ways to use the Pluto, Uranus, Mars, T-square, that's part of this Grand Cross in a more conscious way is to follow your intuitive flashes from Uranus. Be the unique person you are here to be. Do humanitarian work. All the things I said about it a moment ago. And what about Pluto hugging the descendant over there? Pluto says, release everything that doesn't serve you and uh, surrender to the best of your ability and willingness to divine service. Say, hey, spirit, I'm just here to serve you. How can I help? How can this body, this car I'm driving around, be of service to you? And the you you're talking to is really yourself, because we're all God. We're all divine consciousness. There's only one of us here, is one way to say that. And uh, the divine, which we are, entertains itself by appearing to split itself up into separate people and things and objects. So you can actually speak to that inner wisdom that gives you those intuitive flashes and invite it to run your ego. That's an awesome way to use any aspect from Pluto. And the more you surrender, the more powerful you become, and the more your service can get juicier and juicier. And uh, so you say, well, how does Mars and Aries work? And I thought that was all ego-directed and self-focused. Well, yeah, but um, as long as you realize the self is not you. (laughs) When you really have the experience, I am pure awareness. I am the consciousness that's been hiding in plain sight in the middle of my head the whole time I've been alive. The simple awareness of anything at all is your awakened self, you know, in disguise, you might say. Once you get that that's the real you, and that the body and the emotions and the thoughts are just the passing phenomena that come and go, the real you is, of course, permanent and eternal and cannot be harmed, then you that part of you that is ego can be very, you know, it can be very action-oriented, it can make stuff happen, but it, it's being run by the higher awareness. I hope that makes some kind of sense to you. If not, then when you... When you have the awakening, you'll, you'll totally get what I'm talking about. 
Um, so that's uh, one way you can take this potentially volatile setup. Um, Mars, Uranus, Pluto, that could make sudden things happening. Uh, the cautions I give around this uh, are avoid violent people and situations, things where things could get out of hand in an ugly way. Just try to avoid those situations the best you can. And uh, follow your intuitive flashes. Take harmonious action, Mars and Libra. And um, surrender to your inner guidance the best you can. And you'll make wonderful use of that uh, grand cross with Mars and Pluto and Uranus and the Moon and the Ascendant and the Descendant. Of all the angles involved in this grand cross, the Descendant is strongest because, at least in the U.S. chart, Pluto is just barely more than one degree off conjunction. So this can hone into relationships specifically. Mars placement in Libra, a sign that rules relationships, is a second indicator of that. So the summer solstice chart for all of us suggests, well, look at your relationships this summer. And ask yourself, are they moving me forward? Are they fitting the Uranus-Pluto prescription of revolutionary change? Uh, are you hanging out with people who are your cheerleaders for growth and change and evolution? And I assume you're interested in those things or you wouldn't be listening to this show for very long. <laughs> because I'm very focused that way. So I would encourage you uh, to allow to drop out of your life or choose not to continue inter interacting with people who are trying to pull you back into your old paradigm or who are not supporting your positive growth. Uh, no reason you can't, you know, touch base once in a while, but, you know, don't focus your energies into stagnant relationship energy. Focus instead on those people who are actively helping you move forward, who are more like the kind of person you want to become. We do become like the people we associate with, and in this chart, that's especially true during this summer season. Uh, now, although the Descendant is the most strongly uh, focused angle, the Ascendant is, of course, receiving strong aspects from all the members of the Grand Cross, Mars, Pluto, Uranus, and the Moon. So this is a time when you could reinvent your persona or the mask you show to the world. So if there's some way you want to change something superficial, your hair, uh, your makeup, your clothing, your habitual patterns of behavior, then it's a good time to reinvent those if you are so inclined. So those are some of the ways you can work with the Grand Cross that is a part of the Summer Solstice chart, at least for Washington, D.C. And there's another aspect pattern here as well. It's a virtual Grand Trine. And just to uh, back up a sec, what I described in terms of the Grand Cross was also a virtual Grand Cross. And a, a, a regular Grand Cross would have physical objects at all four corners. But if one of the corners is a virtual object, in this case it was the Ascendant, which doesn't have any physical object near it, uh, that made it a virtual Grand Cross. And the Grand Trine I'm now discussing is a virtual Grand Trine because one of its corners is also just the Ascendant. The two corners of this equilateral triangle occupied by physical points are Saturn and Chiron. And as you may recall, for the last couple of months, I've been talking about this Grand Trine with Jupiter and Chiron, and the third point was Jupiter, who has now moved along and is no longer really a member we're just, well, he's barely a member. He's almost out of orb at this point, so it's a very weak Jupiter presence. It's really focused more into the Ascendant in this chart. But the basic meaning is still the same. Chiron was the real meaning giver of the Grand Trine, in my opinion, being the healer and the mentor. Saturn is the crystallization of that. And to have this healing energy crystallizing into the Ascendant, where people first encounter you, says uh, you can be a conduit for healing energy this summer, uh, very easily. In fact, in this very podcast, in the forecast section, I gave you that uh, invocation where you can be the conduit of healing energy for others. And I'll repeat it here. You just say, spirit that I am, please flow the energy through me to serve name of persons highest good. 
and then you relax and allow yourself to be the pipeline. There's no visualizing or effort. You just relax and let the energy flow through you, initiated by your divine aspect. And it'll amaze you how much energy can come through. Even if you had no training at all in energy flow, this is all you had to do. Say the words, rest in breath awareness, and it will take care of itself. And in my opinion, it is perfectly kosher to do this even without the person's permission, because all you're asking for is highest good. And if their highest good is to receive no energy at all, then no energy will be forthcoming for them. So it's a completely karmically safe way to flow energy, in my opinion. And as it turns out, this grand trine with Chiron and Saturn and the Ascendant isn't just a grand trine, it's a grand trine kite, because Pluto is on one corner. Now, I say this, it's, it's rather loose. Uh, actually, the orb between Pluto and Chiron is a tiny bit over five degrees, which is my orb for a sextile, so we could uh, academically argue it's not quite a grand trine kite, but it feels like one to me. And we can add, therefore, to this healing energy interpretation, you know, transformation energy, and, and say, you know, this healing energy that flows will have positive transformational power for those who receive it. And this can be you too. You can receive healing energy. You can actually call in your own healing. Just a uh, seven word invocation. Just say, maximum healing that serves highest good, please. You say that speaking to your inner self and you relax passively and you'll feel the energy come in and peel off another layer of that onion of heavy, dense energy you don't need to be carrying around anymore. So basically the grand trine and the possible kite with Pluto um, is saying, yeah, we can go ahead and uh, bring in some healing energy both for you and for others this summertime period. So um, the last thing I want to mention here is um, there's a pretty strong Uranus-Moon conjunction as part of this chart, and that is quite juicy. Uh, Moon-Uranus can be, on the challenge side, emotional turbulence. Moon's your emotions, Uranus's unpredictability and chaos. So you don't want that, especially in a really intense sign like Aries. But the way to get around it is to take the upside of this. Moon in Aries says it's okay to have strong, powerful emotions. That's fine. And emote as based on your intuitive flashes. Um, so if you do that as a starting prescription, that will start to put that Uranian energy, which I described the low side of a moment ago, to good use. And an even juicier interpretation, in my opinion, is to receive the intuitive flashes Uranus sends in your heart, the moon. So when you get one of those flashes, you can call it a gut feeling, you can call it just a knowing, it has no logical or rational basis, but there it'll be. You'll just somehow know something, the piece of information is true, or what you're being asked to do is an appropriate instruction, and you get that feeling, and you just do it. So that's another lovely thing you can work with um, in these terms. Now, all the interpretation I've done so far has been based just on all of our individual lives, and it would apply to anyone in general, and for the at, for the interpretations that use the ascendant or descendant, that was a little more fine-tuned for those living in the United States. But let's look at the U.S. Uh, in terms of the country, um, the moon in the 10th house and Uranus also in the 10th is could be public opinion. The moon is the masses, the people. Uranus is unpredictability. So there could be changes in public opinion in the United States that could be strong this summer. Uh, Pluto on the descendant could indicate uh, challenge with our allies or those we're interacting with. The seventh house is not just our allies and friends, it's our open enemies, and we've got uh, quite a few of those in the world, don't we? 
the United States does. So Pluto on the descendant says, um, be very mindful of those you're in relationship with as far as other countries for the United States. Um, Pluto has a couple of ways it can work. It can be the power monger and say, I will control all this and, and dominate everything. And that's one way the U.S. could play that uh, under Barack Obama. There's a little less of that uh, brinksmanship kind of diplomacy, and he's wanting to work more as a team guy, realizing the U.S. just doesn't have the will or the strength to just call the shots anywhere on the earth it wants to. When we try, it doesn't work out so well lately. So transformation in foreign relations might be an interesting uh, way to interpret that. And again, the Uranus-Pluto-Mars T-square all focusing in on the descendant in terms of the United States could indicate continued volatility in many of our relations with other countries in the world. Uh, and if you follow world events, you're probably aware that uh, things are pretty volatile right now um, with the Iran-Iraq situation, with, um, you know, with the Ukraine and Russia on the border and trying to infiltrate and a number of other hotspots around the world where things are pretty volatile. So as our allies go, this chart indicates there might be more upheavals and surprises and paradigm shifts in the countries that are important to us around the world. So those are a few of the comments around um, the U.S. particular flavor of the chart. Again, my, my specialty is not mundane astrology. Uh, I, the technical meaning of mundane astrology is astrology relating to the world and countries as opposed to individuals. You know, I have some understanding of it, which is why I can do a, uh, a summer solstice chart or a seasonal change chart. But again, um, if you want a really in-depth look at the nitty-gritty of what countries are affected, and there are many other astrologers who put that information out. And again, as you well know, if you're a regular listener, my focus is more on how does it affect you, the individual. Um, but in any event... Even with acknowledgement of my own limitations in the area, I hope this has been a helpful update for you around the summer solstice chart uh, for June 21st, 2014. Thanks for listening. I offer three main services at Astro Shaman, astrology, shamanic healing, and awakening activation. All are equally effective in person or long distance. Choose one or combine two or more services during your session. Astrology offers insights into soul purpose, career, relationships, spirituality, timing, relocation, and much more. In Awakening Activation Sessions, I help you immerse into your own awakened state using simple, powerful invocations, then teach you how to refresh it on your own. Shamanic healing can reduce or eliminate physical, emotional, or mental issues, and usually results in significantly enhanced divine consciousness. I also offer electional astrology to help you pick the perfect date and time for any important event. And be sure to check out my free services page, where you can load up on free forecasts, podcasts, invocations, and music. Sliding scale payment is available by request. You can get a 20% discount during your birthday month, and gift certificates are always available. I work with clients all around the world by phone and Skype. You get a free digital recording of your session, and I accept PayPal and all major credit cards. Finally, my guarantee makes it risk-free. If you don't feel that your experience was helpful, it's free. For more information or to set an appointment, visit astroshaman.com, email info at astroshaman.com, or call 828-338-9852. I love my work, and I look forward to helping you. We're wrapping up another edition of This Week in Astrology. Join us again next week for a long show. 
If you enjoy This Week in Astrology, please tell a friend or post or tweet about us or donate to support us at thisweekinastrology.com. You can link to our Facebook page and Twitter feed, where I post daily forecasts from thisweekinastrology.com and astroshaman.com. You can listen to This Week in Astrology on your smartphone or tablet at stitcher.com. And if you're an iTunes listener, please do subscribe through iTunes and help us maintain our standing as the number one astrology podcast on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you infinite blessings as the stars light your way. This Week in Astrology is copyright 2014 by Astro Shaman. All rights reserved, although enthusiastic sharing is encouraged. You can access our free comprehensive audio archive from thisweekinastrology.com. If you'd like me to illustrate the weekly forecast with your chart, please send me your date, time, and city of birth. This also gives you a chance to win a free session with me every time the seasons change. I welcome your personal questions for my live listener consultation segments. I also welcome your general astrology questions and feedback. Just email info at astroshaman.com. I look forward to making you a part of This Week in Astrology. Here's this week's index. The overview begins at 1 minute 27 seconds. Monday, 238. Tuesday, 320. Wednesday, 410. Thursday, 450. Friday, 554. Saturday, 653. Sunday, 730. Next week's transits, 947. Announcements, 1107. And our special summer solstice chart, 1342. Thank you so much for listening to This Week in Astrology.